The Chris Hahn Show. Good evening, America, and welcome. This is the Chris Hahn Show. I'm your host, Chris Hahn. The truth is on the air, and truthfully, tonight, America, I uh, I got to start by talking about Roseanne and reminding you that I'm live, I'm taking your calls at 631-451-1039. That's my number, 631-451-1039. I'm sure a lot of you, because I'm on mostly conservative stations, heard me on the Sean Hannity program yesterday, uh, where I had uh, this conversation with Sean about Roseanne, and we mostly agreed. Believe it or not, I-, I-, I was a little shocked myself. Sean led the segment out saying what she did was deplorable, and uh, she needed to be uh, punished for it, and she was. Uh, I've gotten a lot of tweets since uh, from people who uh, heard me on that show uh who disagree with that. Uh, they think that she should have been uh, able to keep her program and uh, move on because what difference does it make if you're, uh, if you're completely racist towards a progressive or somebody you don't agree with? And I think that leads us to a bigger discussion tonight, America, that I want to have with you about race in America. Now, we could start with Roseanne, and let me let me start by saying, uh, you all who've listened to the Chris Hancho over the last five years know I am a comedian. Uh, at least I consider myself a comedian. I've been paid to do comedy. Now, I know that my parking was more than the fee I got to do comedy, but I am a professional comedian. I have been working in comedy for many, many years. I love it. It's not how I make my living, uh, but uh, I do enjoy it, and But I'm also a huge consumer of comedy. I watch a lot of comedy. I love what Netflix is doing with all these comedians on there. Every night I could watch a different stand-up. And, uh, you know, I I have been a student of comedy since I was a very young man. Since I was, before I was a teenager, pre-teen. And I was a fan of Roseanne. I was a fan. I remember Roseanne back from when Rodney Dangerfield used to host the Young Comedian Specials. And Roseanne was playing his wife on those comedian specials. And then she came out and did a set at the end of it. That's the first time I remember seeing Roseanne. It was long before the Roseanne show uh, back in the 80s and early 90s. And I was a fan. And I'll say this straight up. I was a fan of Roseanne. I even enjoyed what little I saw of the new show. I didn't see a lot of it. And I know it wasn't, I wasn't the target demographic. It's, uh, really aimed towards a Trump voter. I'm not a Trump voter, but I, I I also thought though that it was a good forum for people who disagreed with each other. I think there was a lot of opposing views on there as well. I, I enjoyed her current program, but I didn't see a whole lot of it. But I have known and I have watched Roseanne over the years. I've heard all of her. I've heard her every time she's been on the Howard Stern show. I have heard it and uh, she's a little crazy. Let's just let's be clear. Her view, maybe maybe she's not a little crazy, but her views are a little crazy. And she has retweeted things like Pizzagate. She has, uh, you know, what she said about Valerie Jarrett earlier this week. She once said the exact same thing about Susan Rice, another African-American woman who worked for Barack Obama. So, yeah, I mean, I get it. 
Uh, conservatives are saying, well, liberals do this, and they're pointed towards Samantha B uh, using the C word uh, against Ivanka. Um, and, and while I think that was completely rude and crude, it wasn't racist. Um, this is a racist statement. And what I said to Hannity, and, and I think he kind of agreed to me. I mean, you can go back and read the segment. I mean, watch, listen to the segment. It's all over the internet. Um, I said to Hannity, uh, racism and the line that comedians can go up to, um, it's kind of like the Supreme Court definition of pornography and community standards, which is I know it when I see it. It is not a clear cut thing, right? I think everybody who saw, everybody who was reasonable, who saw what Roseanne said yesterday said that was completely racist and you know, intolerable. And ABC, which is owned by Disney, said, that's it. You're not going to stay with our company anymore if you're going to talk like that. We can't tolerate this at ABC. So she was dismissed. And unfortunately, a lot of people lost their jobs and a lot of Americans who liked that show um, are probably very disappointed in it. But that's what they had to do. Uh, you know, and there are a lot of people out there saying First Amendment, First Amendment, First Amendment, and, and a lot of the same people screaming First Amendment. I mean, last week we talked about the NFL's decision uh, about the about the anthem and kneeling during the anthem and the fines and everything else like that. A lot of the same people crying First Amendment for Roseanne Barr are the same people who are outraged, outraged by Colin Kaepernick and other NFL players taking a knee during the national anthem. They were outraged by that. Now, America, let me be clear. The First Amendment allows you to say whatever you want, even horrible, disgusting things like Roseanne said uh, yesterday. The First Amendment does not allow you to have a show on ABC where you are paid millions of dollars That's not in the First Amendment. You don't have a First Amendment right to have that particular job. So while I get that uh, she does have that First Amendment right, and while I completely disagree with what she said, I will defend her right to say it. You don't get to stay on national television working for the Disney Corporation and say those things. But let's ask ourselves, how did we get here? And why are we having this conversation today more than we've had probably ever in recent times, and at least since the 60s? How come we're having this more and more? Why are we seeing this kind of behavior more and more? And and this is a question I want to ask you, America, and you can get on the phone and call me, 631-451-1039 is my number if you want to get involved with this national conversation, 631 Four five one one zero three nine is the number. Uh, what I want to ask you is how much of this is on the president? I mean, the tone starts at the top, right? This country has a man in the Oval Office who, while I don't know in recent times, any recent years, and he has anything overtly racist has surely been pandering towards those racist thoughts. And when you talk about Roseanne and you talk about what she said, and then you look at the president's record here, even with this president supporting Roseanne in this upset that it was chain that the, the show was canceled. Got it. 
Um, but more importantly, go back to Charlottesville and the president calling the people who were marching with tiki torches, screaming, um, you know, uh, no Jews and blood for soil and, uh, you know, all these things, these racist things, these basically these Nazis, really. I don't know why we call them neo-Nazis. I don't know why we call them white supremacists. They are racist. I don't like calling them white nationalists. They are racist. Call them what they are, racists. But the president has said that they are fine people. The president wouldn't rebuke David Duke during the campaign. The president has consistently pandered towards those people in America, the mostly white middle-aged men who are absolutely terrified at losing their status in this country, this privilege that they have, you know, the white middle-aged man has held for the past, you know, 215 years in America, which is fastly slipping away because now we have equal rights. Not that they are going to be made less than, they are going to be made equal to. And they don't like that. And they are mad. And they are blaming people who are just trying to get their place in society, trying to live the American dream for whatever problems they may be having in their lives. Maybe they worked in a factory that's closed down now and they haven't decided that the manufacturing industry in this country is a little bit too volatile. It's becoming a little bit too uh, run by machines and less by man. And these people have not moved on from that and they're not blaming the machine that replaced them. They're not blaming the corporation that decided to put their profits and productivity above their job. No, they're blaming African-Americans and Latinos and Jews and Asians. And the president has pandered to that. No doubt. He might not have been overtly racist in some of the things he has said directly, other than I would say that Charlottesville comment, quite frankly, was, as Paul Ryan said, was textbook racism, frankly. But the president has pandered to that, and that has led to more and more and more of this. And I want to know what you think. 631-451-1039 is my number. 631-451-1039. I saw the phones lighting up. I guess some people didn't want to, they didn't want to get into it, Mike. They, they'd rather just say Han's an idiot. It was literally, hey, hey, how are you, uh, LA News Reader? Because <sighs> you hear the show in the background, they just hang up. Ah, one of those, huh? Okie dokie. Okay. 631-451-1039. Grow a pair. Give me a call, even if you disagree with me. Uh, 631-451-1039 is my number. And you don't have to agree with me on this. I want you to disagree with me. Um, I know it's a tough topic. Um, And it's a tough topic to disagree with me on. But it is a a topic that needs to be discussed. And we got to ask what the president's responsibility in that is, right? We got to ask, you know, what about this is Donald Trump's fault? And what about this is not. And I, 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 for one, say it's gotten worse under Trump, America. A lot of things when it comes to this have gotten worse under Trump. I think people feel more emboldened to say these things out loud, whereas, whereas a couple of years ago, they might have actually thought this, but they didn't say it out loud. 
I got a screener problem here, Mike. I don't have my screen up. Uh, sorry. I see that the calls are coming in, but the screener is down. Um, that's my fault. I forgot to put it up. Um, but it's um, uh, people are, are, are not as afraid to say it out loud anymore. And, and that's an issue. And you should see some of the things people say to me on Twitter. I mean, I, I, you know, it's gotten bad. Now, I've always gotten into disagreements with people on Twitter and on so other social medias. But in the age of Trump, it's gotten to a real nasty tone. Anyway, 631-451-1039. I'm going to go to Joe in Suffolk County. Joe, you're on the air. How you doing? Joe, you're on the air. I think we might have lost Joe. All right, let me go to... Uh... No, you didn't. Oh, I didn't. There you are. How you doing, Joe? Take yourself off mute. What's cooking? Sorry about that. No problem. Um, yeah, I just, I, I disagree. You know, just, I mean, that's a big deal, but a, a white man, you think for white men for 200 years, middle age, suddenly finding themselves losing their place? Well, how, how do you get that? Well, I think I, I think that there are a lot of white men who are racists who are afraid that they're losing their place. And I think that they're I think that they're I think that they're blaming I think they're blaming some of their own problems on people who are trying to get ahead. And this started a year and a half ago? No, I don't think it started a year and a half ago. Absolutely not. No, I think it's been I think that's been a problem for many years. I think, though, that it's been much more vocal the last two years. Most more overtly racist is what I'm saying, Joe. Well, thanks for your call. I appreciate it. 631-451-1039 is the number if you want to get in on the conversation. Anthony from Middle Island, you're on the air. How you doing? Hey, how are you? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. uh, Just got to disagree about this. I mean, Roseanne Barr has come out with some awful things throughout the years. Yeah. It hasn't just been recent. I mean, she's been anti-Semitic. I agree. I mean... we can't just blame this on Trump. I Look, I'm not saying that Roseanne's personal behavior is just Trump. That's not what I'm saying. You're right. And by the way, ABC knew this when they hired her, right? They knew Absolutely. they knew that she had these crazy, racist, anti-Semitic things that she said over the years. And, you know, and, and not to mention the conspiracy theory. She's like was like a big conspiracy theory person for the last couple of years. No, so, she's, she's out of her mind. Yeah. So she they knew what they were getting with her. And, you know, maybe they made her sign a clause that said, hey, you're not going to do any of that now. And she violated it. So, yeah, no, I don't think that Roseanne particularly has to do with Trump. But I do think that, you know, you see what happened in Charlottesville with that march. If you go on Twitter and you see some of the things you're seeing out there, how much of the question is, Anthony, how much of this is emboldened and enhanced by Trump? There have always been racism. Trump did not invent racism. I'm not saying that at all. But is it? more advanced is it more um out in the open i feel it is well it's also social media is is putting it out there a lot more i mean you can reach millions of people within absolutely button absolutely you know so you hear about it more but also that that charlottesville thing i i i might be mistaken but i thought that he was talking about the, the people who were protesting, not the people who ended up showing up. No, he said invited. that there were fine people on both sides. And I took that to mean, and I think most of America took that to mean, and I think he reiterated this, that even some of the people marching with tiki torches were fine people. And that is just nonsense. People who go to a white supremacist rally are not fine people. Sorry. Well, it wasn't, it wasn't meant to be a white supremacist rally. It was a rally... 
defending not taking down a statue, which people applied for. A oh, no, it, it was absolutely there. a white supremacist rally. Anthony. It turned into that. However, originally it was there not to destroy the statue. That's what the white supremacist used. But it was a white supremacist rally. Anyway, Anthony, thanks for your call. 631-451-1039 is my number. I'm not going to argue with him. I mean, it is what it is. It was very clear. The white supremacists were there. The white supremacists were there. Uh, and they used the statues as part of their rallying cry. But it was organized by nine white nationalist, neo-Nazi, racist groups. And I know they didn't have hoods on and march with the Klan. Uh, and I'm wondering, you know, in the age of Trump, do they feel it's okay just to take their hoods off and show their faces and be racist with everybody knowing it? Um, you know, walking through the streets, yelling hateful things, carrying a tiki torch, getting violent. You know, I mean, I, I am. I think that it's gotten much, much worse over the last couple of years. And yeah. Anthony makes a point that social media makes it worse. And as somebody who's involved with the media and, and, and does these kind of appearances and does a radio show, I'm on social media a lot. So I see a lot. I read a lot. But, uh, you know, I think in the age of Trump, it's gotten more intense. You know, it used to be when I'd go on um, a conservative show. And look, I, I have been a liberal in conservative media for about nine years now. Used to be I'd go on these shows and people would tweet to me and we would get into a little banter and then they'd follow me and they'd be friendly with me. And maybe they'd tweet about my issue and they'd fight with me about an issue and they'd argue. And I still get some of that. I'm not saying I don't. Now I get a lot of you socialist, communist, pig, you hippie, you. You know, I, I get called every name in the book. And it's nasty. It's not like, and there was always that. There was always some of that. And, and I'm not saying that this is new either. There was always some of that. But now it seems like it's mostly that. And there's also a lot of threats, right? A lot of physical threats, which I never, you know, you know, I, I maybe got one or two physical threats in, you know, before the Trump thing. Now I feel like I get them. I, I mean, I don't want to say I get them every time I go on TV, but I get them a lot, uh, you know, a couple times a month, right? So it's gotten to that point where people are, I don't know if it's all Trump. I don't know if it's, if it's mostly Trump, but it's there, America. There is a tenor in our debate which needs to change. And that was a big part of my conversation with Sean on uh, on Wednesday, um, when I talked to Sean and I, I made it very clear and I make it very clear on this program when I talk about Sean, I personally like Sean as a person. I have many disagreements with Sean on political issues, but I don't think Sean is a bad human being. And Sean, to his credit, made that point about me on his show the other day, and I got a lot of people following me on Twitter as a result of it, and I thank him for that. And a lot of those people come out and say, and they say, uh, hey, I'm following you because Sean told me to follow you. He says you're a good guy. That's good enough for me. I'm sure we're going to disagree, but it is what it is. And, and that's the thing. It used to be you could just disagree, and you could get into a debate, and that's it. 
I don't know. I just think these divisions are really getting wider and deeper. And this Roseanne thing is a symptom of that. It's a symptom of that. And it is troubling. And it should be troubling to you. And it should be troubling to everyone. That that we have... Uh, you know, and think about your own friends, right? Are you associating with people with different views? Now, I do. I mean, I'm on conservative media. I'm on Fox News. I'm here on the radio. I do the Hannity show. I talk to people of different ilks all the time. Anyway, I'll talk to you after this break. Give me a call at 631-451-1039. I'm live. This is the Chris Hahn Show, and I'll be right back. You can't ignore the truth forever, so listen up. The Chris Hahn yeah. Show. Hey. Yeah. Boys. Yeah. Hold on, hold on. All right, I'm back, and I'm live, and I'm taking your calls at 631-451-1039. If you want to be part of the national conversation tonight, give me a call at 631-451-1039. Don't forget, you can catch me Saturday night. My regular spot on Fox News Channel on the Janine Pirro Show. I'll be there. I'll also be on uh, the Tucker Carlson Show on Monday uh, sometime in the 8 o'clock hour. I'll probably be on Ingram next week at some time. Just uh, check me out at Christopher Hahn on Twitter if you want to know where I'm going to be and what I'm going to be doing. Uh, Janet Johnson joining me at the top of the hour. You know Janet. She's a regular on the Chris Hahn Show. She's also a regular on HLN, Headline News as I used to call it, CNN Headline News. Uh, so Janet will be joining me, uh, a little later on tonight, uh, but I'm going to the phones now. I'm live and I'm taking your call. 631-451-1039. Let me go to Kevin in Port Jeff. He's been on hold a while. Kevin, how you doing? Hey, Chris, how are you tonight? I'm doing great, man. Thanks for your call. What's on your mind? Uh, not much. I just want to say I agree with everything you're saying. I mean, there's no two ways about it. Hey, has been around forever. It didn't, uh, just surface in the last year and a half. However, with, um... With a leader like President Trump, who encourages division, you know, promotes a mob mentality. Yeah. And, and this is, you will see it surface more now than ever. Yeah. It's supposed to be equal. And listen, nobody said you have to like what somebody else does. Right. Nobody said that. But what, can you er- eradicate them off of the face of this earth because you don't like it? No, you got to got to live in the same environment. It is what it is. He has made his political opponents his enemies. And he has basically, and this is what bothers me most about Trump, and I say this all the time, and I think I'm saying it to him when I'm on TV, frankly. He basically has never accepted that he's president of everyone, even the people who didn't vote for him. And he has never reached out to people who didn't vote for him. I've never seen a president, every president in my lifetime has done that. Every single one of them, you know, Bush did it, Reagan did it, Obama did it. They all try, you know, try to get the other side to at least understand that they are there for them. I don't, I don't think this president cares. No, not at all. I agree with you. I mean, if you look at the tax laws, any state that didn't vote for them, that's targeted. Yeah. It's targeted towards the Northeast. It, it's you amazing. Um, you th- I, I'll give you an example. Listen, somebody commits a crime against a family member i you're absolutely right i would want revenge but for him to come when he was speaking at uh, the college last year i think it was when he said yeah you know you make sure when you put them in the car you put your hand on the top of that 
Don't put your hand there. Make sure the head hits the car. Yeah. Is whatever happened to somebody? Listen, I hear you. I understand it. But whatever happened to being innocent until proven guilty? Uh, it's you amazing. You totally took the law and you're throwing it out. I mean, you're telling the people who were sworn to uphold the law, the law, to disobey it. He said. I don't understand the mentality. He said he was going to be the president who restores a law and order. He is completely. He has completely obliterated law and order. Uh, it is, it's nonsense. Kevin, thanks for your call. No problem, buddy. Have a good night. You good too. You. you too. 631-451-1039. It's the number 631-451-1039. I mean, this is another thing, America. I mean, the Republicans used to, used to at least claim that law and order was important to them. This president today, um, this president today has pardoned Dinesh D'Souza. And for those of you who don't know who Dinesh D'Souza is, he's this crazy right-wing conspiracy theorist who uh, was convicted of campaign finance violations. Not only was he convicted, he pled guilty to campaign finance violations, a felony. Uh, and, uh, you know, he's not in jail at the moment, hasn't been in jail for years. I don't think he spent much time in jail for this, for this felony he committed. The president pardoned him today. No advice from the Justice Department as other previous presidents. There's a pardon office in the Justice Department. He didn't ask the Justice Department for this. He just pardoned him. Probably because he wants to send the message to Michael Cohen that if you are convicted of a campaign finance violation, which it's very clear to me that that's what they are at least originally going after him for, that maybe the president will pardon him. So maybe he should not cooperate. It's a message, right? It's, it's another attempt by this president to obstruct justice, America, this law and order president. He's also toying with the fact of pardoning Rod Blagojevich, who was a contestant on The Apprentice, but who was also governor of Illinois and who was convicted of bribery charges, real corruption, a real corrupt guy. And by the way, he was a Democrat uh, and he was a complete corrupt man i mean he he was you know reportedly trying to sell the senate seat vacated by barack obama when barack obama became president of the united states he wanted to sell that seat so america i mean i think you know the president even suggesting that this man might be pardoned uh and and you know look if you want to say Blagojevich got uh he got very harsh treatment because he was an elected official when he did this crime I get that, and he, he, he was harshly treated. 14 years in prison is a long time uh, on bribery, and he's been in prison for about 10, 10 years now. Um, but uh, but Blagojevich committed a crime, okay? And it was a real crime, and he, it, was, it was a jury of his peers, and it, and it was a rightful conviction. He's also talking about pardoning Martha Stewart. Martha Stewart lied to investigators. She didn't even have to lie. And she lied. So, I mean, this is this is nutty, America. Absolutely nutty. 631-451-1039 is my number if you want to be part of the national conversation. 631-451-1039. I am live tonight. I am taking your calls. I want to know what you've got to think. I mean, I, I, these pardons to me are disgusting. There has there was no memo 
from the Justice Department suggesting why Dinesh D'Souza was wrongfully convicted. Dinesh D'Souza admitted in court he was convicted on a plea deal. Okay, and by, by the way, by taking a pardon, you are, in fact, admitting you were guilty, America, guilty of the crime. Pardoning does not mean you were innocent. You are, in fact, admitting some sort of guilt to that, to accept the pardon. Anyway, 631-451-1039. Let me go to Brian in Yapank. Brian, you're on the air. How you doing? Hey, Chris. How you doing? I'm doing great. What's on your mind? Good. Uh, I just wanted to say I'm uh, I'm one of the guys in the middle. Um, I uh, I never really leaned in any one direction, and I think what what you're doing, your message is really important for America to see um, how crazy the left has become. <laughs> I mean, to, to 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 sit there and say overtly racist, and just think about that overtly racist. Okay. What are you saying there? Who's over? Who am I saying is overtly racist? I thought Roseanne Barr's. I thought Roseanne Barr's comments were overtly racist, without a doubt. So that okay? Don't please don't talk over me. I mean, you got the whole radio show. Well, you asked me a question, I answered it. Let me just. Okay, well, see, I I I know how to do this. I I put my points in, and then you beat me up after I hang up. Okay, (laughs) so you make a blanket blanket statement about a race, but it's okay because. You, it was white people you made a blanket. I, I, oh, hold on a minute, Brian. Hold on, Brian, hold on. Hold on. I'll let you talk, Brian, but hold on. Hold on. Oh, okay. okay. Okay, hold on. I didn't make a blanket statement about a race, okay? I said that most people who are racists fit into a category of middle-aged white men who think the world has passed them by. And that is true. That is, And young white men who think that they won't have a place in this world. But it is very rarely white women. And it is very it is almost never people of color because you really can't be racist okay. if you're if you don't have power. Right. So, okay. yeah, I didn't I say all you. white people. I'm saying this is who That's are usually fine. becoming That's it. Fine. You're still generalizing. You're still generalizing. Uh, oh, I, I'm generalizing. All I, all I want to say, Chris, all I want to say to you one point real quick. All I want to say is racism in America is, is dead. It's dying. It's, it's an upside down cricket on a hot. Yeah, time. you're wrong. It's, you're wrong, Brian. Six three one four five one one zero three nine. He's absolutely wrong. Racism is not dying. It's not dead. It is very much alive. And I always say this about racism, America. Racism's not like a broken arm. You don't elect the black president and then it's healed. Racism's like alcoholism, or it's like herpes. It's always with you. It is never cured. You need to be on guard for it your entire life. This country was founded racist and it is still racist today. And even people who are not overtly racist in their lives still harbor racial tendencies. That's why they get they lock their door when they see an African-American walking across the street or they call the cops on somebody who looks suspicious on them, mostly because that person doesn't look like them. We have a lot of racism in this country and it's not overt all the time. But it's there. It's under the skin. And it is something that we have to be on guard for and we have to treat against. 631-451-1039. Let me go to John in Medford. John, how you doing? About pardons. That's what we were talking about. I was talking about pardons, but somebody wanted to talk about racism. Ah, <laughs> uh, pardons. Racism, pardons, I don't know. Hey, do you think uh, uh, President Obama's going to, I mean, uh, President Trump's going to uh, pardon Obama and Clinton? <laughs> You're such a John, 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 John. If it wasn't for whataboutism, you'd have nothing to say. The most corrupt administration. I, 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 
I don't get this guy. He calls every week. He's one of my biggest fans, right? I mean, John from Medford loves this show, right? Mike, I mean, he listens every week, right? Yeah, he, he's our guy. He's our guy, they John. Just, from they, they just like hearing their own voices. Yeah, and then he calls and he says the same stuff. What about Obama? What about Clinton? Uh, okay, you know what? Obama never had a special counsel, let alone like 50 days into his presidency, okay? O- Obama was a very honest and just president. Hillary Clinton was investigated by the FBI, by Congress, by the Republican National Committee, by, by uh, you name it, right? I mean, she was under the microscope for two years. She went before Congress for 11 hours and made those, made those members of Congress who were so ripe to get after her look like stupid little schoolboys, Okay, so let's be clear. She has been under the microscope enough and she is not relevant to this conversation anymore. This is the thing that gets me, America. We got to deal with what's right in front of us. And what's right in front of us right now is a president who does not believe in the rule of law. Especially when it pertains to him. He wants to talk about law and order at the border And these guys are separating children from their parents. And I'm sorry, America. I'm sorry, right-wing America. It is not illegals. He is separating people from their children who are coming to the border, presenting themselves at the border to an official and asking for asylum. That is not an illegal entry, America. That has to be decided. And if you don't get the asylum, you go back. But they're asking for asylum and they're taking those people and they're treating them like criminals. That is despicable. That is un-American. And he's treating them like criminals and separating mothers from their children, stealing babies from their mother's arms. And the only way you could do that is if you look at those people as less than human. And by the way, that is the definition of racism. That policy is a racist policy. You have to look at those people as not human in order to implement it. And the president of the United States is now trying to blame Democrats for that policy. Where he gets that from is ridiculous. He's the president. He implemented the policy. He doesn't have to do this. Yes, if somebody's a criminal and they are arrested, you you separate them from their children. You're not going to send the child to jail. If somebody is seeking asylum... They are not a criminal. They are, these are not people who are sneaking in, America. These are not people being transported uh, you know, by, uh, by a smuggler over the border. No, these are people who are showing up at the border, at customs, and asking for asylum. Okay, now, this wasn't an issue under Obama. You know why? Because under Obama, you could present yourself for asylum at the U.S. Embassy of the country where you live. Trump, because he had to undo everything Obama did, undid that. Now, people are crossing over to the United States and coming to the border and presenting themselves for asylum. In, under Obama, the country could decide whether you were eligible for asylum while you were in your own country. So this president has made this problem worse, and now he's treating these people inhumanely, America. This is the thing. That is racism. You cannot tell me that you think it's okay to take somebody who is seeking asylum because they are running from a tyrannical government 
or from gangs or from whatever else is happening where they're coming from, from whatever horrible thing it is, you cannot tell me that if you look at that person as a human being, as an equal member of our world, that you would take that person's child out of their arms and by the way, lose some of them. America, what would Jesus do? I keep going back to it every single week. Matthew 25, that which you do unto the least of them, you do unto me. Jefferson Beauregard Session says he's a Christian. That's not very Christian-like to me. That is not doing unto the least of them as you would do unto Christ. I don't know where they get off. I don't know where they get off in this. Pretending. I mean, with this piety. I mean, look, Trump doesn't pretend. I mean, he pretends not very well to be, you know, a church going Christian. He doesn't go to church. He plays golf on Sundays, America. And, you know, and I'm not faulting him for it, but stop pretending. But Mike Pence, Jeff Sessions, you know, Mike Pence says, I'm a Christian, a father and a Republican in that order, whatever he says. Well, be a Christian then stand up to this policy. Or is it I'm only a Christian with Americans? Somebody who's not an American is less of a person. Somebody coming to the border speaking Spanish is less of a less of a person person than me I mean is that what they're getting at here that these border crosses are less than this is the question you should be asking every single day America I mean it all comes back to this racist pandering this racist pandering and some of the racists are really the kind of people who are like Got to keep the Mexicans out. Got to keep the Central Americans out. Got to keep the Latinos out, wherever they're from. Can't let them come here. It's the same kind of pandering. When the president says, build that wall, he's pandering. Because the president knows you don't need a wall. By now, he knows the wall doesn't matter. Obama didn't have a wall. There's more immigration, illegal or otherwise, than there was under Obama. There was a net uh, deficit of immigration into this country under Obama, and it has gone up under Trump. Why has it gone up? Like I said, he's got stupid policies, and he's got stupid people implementing them, and it's not getting done. And it is absolutely racist in its nature. And I bet you there's a lot of people that work at the border And I know we always hear from the people who work at the border who, yeah, Trump, yeah, Trump. I bet you there's a lot of people who work at the border who care about these people who are crossing the border and have talked to these people who are trying to come to this country and understand why they are fleeing, leaving their homes with only the shirt on their back to try to make a better life for themselves and their families. And presenting themselves to border agents and asking for asylum. And I bet you there's a lot of people who are very disturbed by this policy and by the criminalization of asylum. I mean, you have to think of those people 
as less than you in order to implement the policy like that. So reporters out there, and I know there's a lot of reporters who listen to my show, ask Jeff Sessions, does he think these people are less than? Ask Mike Pence, do you think these people are less than? I mean, you could ask the president. I don't know if you're going to get a coherent answer, but I want you to ask these two guys who hold themselves out as these huge Christians what they think. I mean, you know, Mike Pence, you're a Christian first, right? So tell me what you think. I want to know how a Christian could abide by that policy, especially a Christian who's read the Bible, presumably. I assume that Mike Pence has read the entire Bible. At least the book of Matthew. I mean, how could you not? And that's the first book in the New Testament. I mean, he at least got through that. That what you do unto the least of them, you do unto me. When I was hungry, did you feed me? When I was thirsty, did you give me something to drink? When I was sick, did you try to heal me? When I was in prison, did you come and visit me? I I am blown out of the water by these policies. All right, Janet Johnson joining me on the other side of the break. And I'll be taking your calls a little later on at 631-451-1039. You're listening to The Chris Hahn Show. I'll be right back. Ignore everything else you heard today and listen up. The Chris Hahn Show is on the air. All right, I'm back and I am live. I'll be taking your calls at the bottom of the hour at 631-451-1039. Don't forget to watch me Saturday night, 9 o'clock hour on the Fox News channel. I'll be on with Judge Jeanine Pirro, woman who I disagree with vehemently. And then I'll be on uh, Monday with Tucker Carlson, a man I disagree with vehemently. And maybe I'll talk about my last appearance with Tucker in the next half hour. Went viral, pretty good. But joining me now, my favorite guest... Somebody who I'm, I'm having on a lot lately because she's my, I, I, I call her my my political soul sister. Uh, she is Janet Johnson. You see her on HLN. Uh, you hear her on the Chris Hahn show. Uh, and if you're ever accused of a crime in Florida, you might want to call her. She's a pretty damn good lawyer too. Janet, how you doing? Oh, I, <laughs> I have Trump fatigue syndrome, I think. Uh, I, is that a thing? Uh, no, I think it's a thing that everybody in America has. I think. I hope so. I, I think that they do. I think we were talking about it at their break that I think we're all just worn out and worn down. You know? I, I, are his supporters? I mean, you see this Tennessee rally. He says there it was filled up. Apparently it was not filled. I mean, I, I think even his people, other than the really hardcore, you know, sort of Nazis, right. I think they feel the same way. I mean... If you want to buy a German luxury car, you know, it came out today that he told Macron that he's considering a total ban <laughs> on German luxury cars, which are, by the way, made mostly in South Carolina. Yeah, they're made here, right? Mercedes and BMW make their cars here. I mean, not all of them, but but most of the ones that you buy in America are made in America. And, and we make cars overseas. I mean, you know, it, we were saying this during the break. It's not 1957, you know, where your mom and dad said, 
we have to buy American. You know, there aren't really American things. I mean, that's why that whole right. nonsense about TPP and NAFTA. You're, we're only hurting ourselves in this trade war, you it, know. And so, it, it's—he's not good at business. Who does he think it's? Who do they think it's appealing to? Either because, like, it's not yeah. like you're going to create jobs in Michigan over this. In fact, you're right. going to lose jobs in Michigan because we won't be able to export cars. Look like, at Harley Davidson. I mean, after all of that, you know, we're saving jobs, and they showed up at the White House. They just shipped jobs to Indonesia. Absolutely. Uh, same thing with Carrier. I mean, all those jobs that during the break. You know, between you know, between Obama and Trump during the uh, the transition, he he like made this big deal with Carrier, gone. Oh, most right. of those jobs are gone now. Nobody talks about. It. We don't even talk about it. Well, that's the thing. The headline, and and you know, I, I, my brother said this during the election. You know, I said, oh, thank God we're running against Trump. He's so awful. And he said, what are you talking about? He's a TV star. He knows right. how to mug for the camera. Right. And that's that really is sort of the most infuriate, infuriating part. You know, God forbid Roseanne Barr, you know, gets, gets canned because she's a racist. If anyone else says a bad word, now they have to get canned. I mean, right. really good at the false equivalent. Right. And, you know, kind of throwing around all of this sort of, you know, grandiose, you know, here's Harley Davidson. And the New York Times and all of the press that we thought were fair, they fall for it routinely. Yeah. And they don't yeah. have, to have the postscript where they say, you know, it turns out those jobs really did go overseas. It is amazing to me that nobody pays attention to that. And I just wonder, like, in these midterm elections, in those areas, is that going to be an issue? I mean, it won't be a national issue, right? But, like, are we going to pick up a seat in Indiana because, or you know, or, or is the senator going to get reelected, you know, because they can't point to that in, in Wisconsin? Are we going to turn Wisconsin blue, which we should be able to do, right? Oh, uh, I mean, it, 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 it's the kind of thing that, I mean, they didn't even want to have special elections in Wisconsin because they knew they were going to lose those elections. So, right. the, the you, know, you know, the fact that Harley Davidson's having problems, that's got to be a big problem. And this is why the Speaker of the House ain't running for reelection. He was probably going to lose. Yeah, I mean, and that is heartening when you see all these, you know, people, you know, not running who are clearly, you know, afraid. I, although I don't know what's so bad about losing an election. I mean, right. Democrats I, do it all the time. I've lost <laughs> elections personally. It's not, it's right? horrible, but it is what it is. Yeah, I mean, that's why they run elections. It's not a guarantee. But, you know, even those people, you know, I saw Boehner today said there's no GOP anymore. There's the Trump party. Yes. And that's great to hear, you know, but like McCain, he could resign and he could, you know, not take up a, a place. They could have a special election. Instead, it's going to end up, you know, being a Republican appointment. Right. I mean, these people still don't have a spine. Switch parties. I mean, right. if, if you think it's so bad, why don't you become a, re- a Democrat and vote to to hold this man accountable? They uh, could do that. Or they could just vote to hold him accountable as Republicans. They don't have right, to. Like, they don't have to become a Democrat. I mean, the the, the people in the you know right. they they can start speaking up before they resign. Like you got Trey Gowdy, who's kind of telling the truth now a little bit, yeah. and it's like, okay, where were it's you weird. a year ago? You know, right. and, and, and even that's weird. I don't trust it in any of it. I don't I trust mean, it either. Don't. Like, is he sandbagging? Is Rod? I'm, I'm I'm also starting to think is Rod Rosenstein sandbagging us? Like, what's really yeah. going on here? You know, well, you and I were talking about that, the you know, the Comey book, which we're going to have to have a book club. We'll be like Oprah. We'll have a yes, book club. Yes, I got to read it. <laughs> it's very interesting. And he, um, you know, you can tell who the good guys are when you read his, you know, if he told me someone was good, I would I would believe him. Uh, he didn't handle any of this, you know, 
well, particularly, but he is very honest and disapproving of Trump and, yeah. and very approving of Obama. I have to say he, he sort of has a little bit of a love affair with Obama. And, right. And he had a lot of respect for him. I mean, that's what yeah, I got well, when I met him man. last, you know, two, three weeks ago. I, what I yeah. got out of it is that he respected Obama in a way that he doesn't respect Trump. Yeah. And, and on the face of it, you know, it's, what did we learn in law school? Race ipsa loquitur. It, the thing speaks for itself. Right. One of them deserves it. And the other one doesn't. Right. If, we were, if we're being honest, whether you're Democrat or Republican, Barack Obama was a good man and he behaved with integrity and, you know, was a moral leader in the country. And Donald Trump's just not. And you right. can't make an argument that he is. And, and, and the Congress is just rolling over, which is why these midterms are so important. I mean, it's. Well, it, I'm scared in Florida. You know, I, I'll come out and say this. You know, I hope that the Democrats, you know, being one of them, I hope we don't mess this up. Yeah. Because we have, you know, Rick Scott is running against Bill Nelson. Bill Nelson's great, but he's one of these old time. He's just a nice guy. Right. He's smart. He works hard. He's not going to sling mud because that's just not who he is. And Rick Scott's deplorable. You Completely know, so deplorable. Will. Yeah, and he Completely. will sling mud. And let's face it, uh, you know, the outside groups are going to have to do the dirty work for Nelson. It's just going to have to happen, right? Because, right, but we don't have the money that they have. Yeah, yeah. You know, incumbent senators tend to find outside groups that are going to come in there. And and I also think that I just hope that the the, the Democratic Party in um, in Florida has registered the uh, four hundred thousand right. Puerto Ricans right. who have moved right. to Florida over the last couple of years, right? Which clearly right. they the didn't problem, do right. the last time, you know. Right. Well, and the problem is we have Rick Scott as our governor, so he has the ability and he's fighting, you know, tooth and nail to stop people from being able to register and to register new voters. And, you know, one of the things was the people who came from the hurricane, you know, they passed a special, you know, bill to say they could keep their old IDs from Puerto Rico, even right. if they're living here. You know, they're trying to make it hard for right. people, you know, convicted felons. There's a very arbitrary process for getting your rights restored, and they were, you know, we won that battle, but it, that isn't implemented yet. Right. So, you know, all of those things, and I'm not counting out that Russia is, why do we think anything's going to change? We haven't done anything different. Than I, I, I am 100% sure Russia's going to try to play in this election. Uh, and, and by the way, why why wouldn't they? They got a president who doesn't, who's been basically saying, it's, why, what difference does it make if they play in the election? Like, what difference does it make? Well, and as of right now, today, the Russian sanctions still have not been fully implemented. Right. That were unanimously passed in Congress on a bipartisan you know, basis. And Scott Pruitt still has a job. I mean, all of the things that we could say, you know, in any other world. Horrible. You know, horrible. And, you know, the... I, the New York Times, I have to say, it's really my bugaboo. You know, Ivanka Trump is on B3 in the business section that she gets these coveted trademarks from right. China. So, you know, within a week of Donald Trump inexplicably saying he's going to reverse sanctions against the Chinese telecom company Amazing. that he's buying in the United States. Amazing. Like, you can't make this stuff. And nobody, up. and it's like, and like, and like, okay, whatever, we're fine. <laughs> Republicans are like, yeah, you know, look, we got our tax cut. We're getting a couple of judges that think women should be, you know, chattels. Right. And, and we're, and we're, and we're, we're fine with everything that the guy does. Uh, but, you know, so what? He's a kleptocrat. Man. Right. But the working man and woman is paying more in gas 
now yep. than he or she got in a tax refund. Yeah. So what do, you know, and again, we know Trump is terrible. We know he's a liar, even though we can't use the word liar over and over and over when he lies over and over and over. But the Democrats, and this is, I'm, I'm very resistant to people saying, we don't have a message because we don't really have a microphone. Right. But we have to get that message out. Somehow, the message has way. to be that we have a constitution that requires the Congress to be a check on the president. And, he, and my message is, even if you like this president, do you trust him? And I don't think you do. And if you right. don't trust him, you need to have somebody there watching him who's not going to just roll over on his back and say, right. okay, pet my belly. Because that's what right. we have in Congress right now. We've got dogs that roll over on their back whenever the president asks them to. But interestingly, he's running the opposite tactic by saying, if you elect Democrats, they're going to try to impeach me, as if that's a negative. Right. And, and I, I, I don't know if that's going to be effective. I guess we'll find out. It's not. And you know what? They're not talking impeachment. Well, because- not all of them. Some of them are, and that it's a bad it's a bad strategy at this point. By the way, I'm talking to Janet Johnson. You see her on HLN. You listen to her on the Chris Hahn Show. She's a regular guest on the Chris Hahn Show. You could follow her on Twitter at Jay Johnson Law. And uh, again, if you need an attorney in your Florida, uh, <laughs> call her. She's she's there. She's in the yellow pages, I guess. <laughs> if yeah, people still if use the yellow pages, <laughs> right. the yellow pages I mean, exist in Florida. I don't know. Uh, only when police need to, you know, get a confession uh, out of a defendant. <laughs> and I'll be taking. By the way, I'll be taking your calls at the bottom of the hour at six three one four five one one zero three nine. Uh, so Janet, so let's just, let's keep going here. I mean, um, yeah. well, so, I mean, here, you know, again, I feel like what came out this week is this, the, this new book about Obama, you know, about whether or not after the election, you know, he really was depressed. I was on a call with him where he's telling everybody it's going to be okay. Elections are tough, but we're going to be okay. But apparently he didn't feel that way. Ben Rhodes has this new book coming out saying he thought, Maybe we went too far and people weren't ready for all the change that we made. Right. So what, you know, I I guess the existential crisis that I'm experiencing right now is, yeah, he's terrible. Everything's terrible. And there's not, you know, no one's going to convince us otherwise. I keep asking myself, what was the big changes Obama made? So now we have health insurance? Like, Right. That's it. Right. That's what well, that was what went too far. And by the way, right. it's not even that we had health insurance that the government gave you. We had health insurance you had to buy. Right. right? You right. basically had to have personal responsibility because everybody in this country needs health insurance. At some and point it's, pop, it's popular. I right. Mean, you know, Virginia just basically expanded, you know, Medicare for all, Medicaid and New Jersey's doing it. And where we have a democratic governors they're doing things that are going to be super popular with everybody. And so that, yeah, Obamacare, even though it had his name, you know, and let's face it, what went too far is we had a black president. Right. I mean, that, that's the thing right. people maybe weren't ready for. We weren't and, ready for a guy whose skin tone was slightly darker than ours. Right. That's not, it. Not really that much darker than mine, right. to be honest. Right. Not right now. I'm tan. It's the summer. <laughs> right, right, right. So it's, right. it's, it's insane. Well, we had we got gay marriage, and that did you know that was a huge change. But you know when when they poll people now, it's it's like a shrug. Nobody, yeah, nobody cares. Like nobody nobody cares. nobody cares about gay marriage anymore. Nobody. Right. And by the but, way, nobody right. cared before we had gay marriage. Only a few loud idiots like Mike Pence, by the way, are, are yeah. people who cared. Like it was just like right. a, a wedge issue that wasn't really. A, I mean, look, they cared in two thousand and four. Right. But, like, they didn't care in 2008 anymore. It was over. 
You know, it was no, like, I think it was it's the thing that in in my lifetime I feel like the most drastic tra- you know like transition of Ellen DeGeneres is gay and then you know today oh Ellen DeGeneres and her wife you know I mean right, it's right. amazing you know it, and it's just nothing to anybody and that's great but you know I think there is this sense that he pushed all those things. I mean, there's the governor race here is a NRA, you know, sort of hack running against Gwen Graham, Bob Graham's daughter. Well, and other Democrats, but I think that's who it's going to end up being. Right. And When's that, prim- that primary is coming up, right? It is. And she's, um, she, Philip Levine, the mayor of Miami beach and Andrew Gillum from the mayor of Tallahassee are the, the three Democrats. Um, and I, she, I think she's the front runner. And this um, Putnam, who that whole Publix, you know, the supermarket was giving money to to Adam Putnam and right. the kids from Parkland sort of, you know, did their magic. I mean, they're really the only people who can get things done in this country. But he's running ads talking about liberal elites look down on people who use their hands for a living. Unbelievable. Who's using but, their but hands? As, who's, by the way, who's using their hands for a living in Florida these days? <laughs> Well, I mean, it used to be seasonal migrant workers, and I don't know if right. they're even here anymore. And, and I don't right? think so. Don't they have a machine that picks the oranges now? I mean, I don't. I, I mean, like, 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 what's really going on there? Like this guy, this guy who's probably a lawyer, saying that liberals exactly. look down on people. Right? It's exactly. like exactly. It's ridiculous. Exactly. And is that does that still work? Is liberal elite still even a thing? I mean, it is a thing. It is a thing to about 30 percent of Americans. And that 30 percent of Americans can win you a Republican primary. Well, wait, and then I hear it and I think, oh, really? Thank you. I, yeah. I'm sort of flattered. Oh, thanks like, for calling me an elite. I didn't realize yeah. I was an elite. <laughs> right, right. And that's. I mean, I am a Starbucks that. gold card carrier. But that's only because I that's because I only drink a lot of gold. I drink a lot of coffee. Right. But they closed yesterday afternoon, right? To have sensitivity training was that yesterday i think it was tuesday but yeah they did close and i think that's a great thing again it's a great thing but you know the the other people who i still think are the minority are coming out you know hillary said it during the election these these people used to live in the dark shadows of the internet and now they're running for congress yeah working you know banning people from sitting in starbucks and right there are six, six right now, six yeah. neo-Nazi yeah. white nationalist types, I just call them racists, yeah, who are fair. on the Republican ballot for congressional seats across this country. Six Crazy. that have won Crazy. primaries. You, and uh, it's not like front page news. No. It's not like a story. No. Not, we can't even talk about it. You know, and again, you if you read the New York Times, you know, they would call them like alt-right or, you know, I mean, there's nice yeah. words for them now. No, we should just call even, them dirty racists. You yeah, know, Nazis. Nazis, yeah. racists, whatever. I even think white supremacist is too nice. It's it, yeah, it's yeah. they're racists. They are racist. This guy calls himself a I, I was watching some story today. It's it's racism. Right, right, right. Right. But I mean, you know, again, you wrote and that's this ABC thing. I don't I didn't want to talk about Roseanne, but I mean, ultimately, the right thing happened. And that's got to be a good thing. You know, yeah. she compared an African-American woman to an, an ape. Right. And she got canned. Right. And she should have been canned before, but, you know, like, what she a had, By the way, she did the exact same thing to Susan Rice. Yes. 
Yes, and she wasn't taking Ambien then, I don't believe. Right, right. Ambien said, we have many side effects. Racism is not one of them. Which is awesome. Awesome. (laughs) Although I saw Susan Rice's son, is this true, is the president of the Young Republicans at Stanford. Uh, that that's amazing to me <laughs> can that possibly be true that's fake news I, 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 it's on twitter it can't be fake it's, <laughs> it's true i, I, I would be google shocked that. if that was true i like you guys to google that because i i I'm just did in fact fox news said yesterday susan rice's son is an outspoken pro trump gop leader at stanford i swear to that's talking that you talk about rebellion that is serious rebellion. He is rebelling against his mom, and and that's my biggest fear that my kids and they won't uh, will rebel against me and become ultra conservative. Right? I mean, it's just right, like Miller. Right? I yeah, mean, it, yeah, Stephen like Stephen Miller. Yeah, I mean, it, it's yeah. like this is a kid who, whose parents were hippies, lived in Santa Monica, and He's and Jewish. Yeah, I have such, I'm, it's so hard for me to like sort of reconcile. He seems anti-Semitic. I don't even know. I, I think it. he's been stuffed in one too many locker in his <laughs> lifetime. And maybe the person who stuffed him had a Latino accent. And I think that's it. I think it's something like that. Or he lost a girl to some guy. I, I there's I'm something sure he lost a lot of girls to some guy. Yeah. I mean, there's and, something up there. There's something up there. And you know, they're they are going to effectively MS thirteen. Did anyone know what this was? Six months ago. Nope. Well, they knew about him. They knew about him on Long Island because there was an MS-13 issue here. But it's not. It wasn't a national issue until this guy came here. Look, I got 35 seconds left with you. You're like crazy uh, good at this. You, uh, the uh, time always flies. You got to come to New York. You got to just sit sit in for the whole show, and we'll take calls together. I'd love to. I'd, I'd love, love to have you. you. Um, yeah, I'd love. To. Where are you going to be? Where do you want people to know? I'm going to be on HLN Saturday morning, uh, so this coming Saturday, and then Sunday is my birthday. Happy so. birthday, 27? <laughs> yeah, times like six or something. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, just, you know, thinking about moving to Ireland. I, that's the next, that might be the next thing. Let's all go to Ireland. Erin Gobra, that's what I yeah. say. I say Erin Gobra. I, I mean, I, I think I think it's a uh, I think it's a good idea, although I'm going to try to stick it out. I, I might get excommunicated from this country. Who knows what the next step is with this guy? He's crazy. So, well, we'll see Janet, you Janet, we love you. You're the best guest we got. But America, I'm taking your calls on the other side of the break. 631-451-1039. You're listening to The Chris Hahn Show, and I'll be right back. Chris Hahn Show. I am the All right, I'm back. I am I still live and I'm taking your calls at 631 451 1039. If you want to be part of the national conversation, pick up the phone and call me at 631-451-1039. Mike, what was the big HQ announcement? 
Um, they are giving away, so for every NBA Finals game, they're giving away that many uh, hundreds of thousands of dollars. So today was game one, so they give away a hundred grand. Wow. Sunday, game two, 200 grand until the series is over. Wow. Game three, three, four, four. I don't four. understand how that place is financed because it's not like they have commercials or anything. Toon Blast is the game, the, I guess the app, the game for your cell phone. They're uh, sponsoring this, this event. Ah, okay. So they have a sponsor for this event. Yes. God, I don't even know what that is, Toon Blast. It's, it's like a... Like a like a Tetris type deal thing. Oh, okay, all right, phone, yeah. that's fantastic. I don't know how that place has got seven hundred thousand dollars or a couple million dollars. A couple million, if it right. goes that long. Yeah, exactly. I mean it's it's a lot of money. I don't know where they get this money from. I don't know where it's going. I always wonder that. There's no commercials ever. There's no, no. ads on it. I love it. I play it every night, except for well. the only night I don't play it is Thursday nights because I'm on the air. I'm I try to do I'm it once. The air, <laughs> I try to do it once, and it wasn't going to happen. Yeah. But it's uh, that's that's crazy. But I like, the, but then they have the big ones. It's sponsored like by movies. I know when uh, Rampage came out, they did like a three hundred thousand dollar thing with The Rock. And all right, stuff, so. right. Well, that's good. Yeah, I mean, it's, 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 it's a it's a it's a fun game. You actually, I, get to learn a lot. By honestly. the way, if you're not playing HQ, you should follow me. <laughs> and you got to follow me. Sihan seventy one is go. my handle on on it. And make sure you say I told you to go on, so I get an extra life. There you go. Okay, I keep telling my friends <laughs> to go on, and I'm not getting the extra lives. I don't know what's going on. Sihan seventy one. If you go on, download HQ right now. And put me in as your HQ as a sponsor. Really yeah, nice. I gotta get them a spot. But how would they do it? Scotty Ragoo. <laughs> he's fantastic. I, like I, I love he's him. Really, he's really good at his. He's work very does. good at. It. He's funny, uh, and uh, it's a fun time. It's free. It's it's fun. I it's it's unique. It's a game show that everybody in the world can play. The it's best really, part is like so you win, and you only win like fifty nine cents. Yeah, like the five grand they want to give you. Yeah, you know? I mean, but if you get a seven hundred thousand dollar game, you're gonna win some real money. So today, uh, it was a hundred grand, and like. I think people won twenty one dollars. It was like a thousand people, a couple thousand right. people left. Right yeah. now, think about it. If it was seven times that, yeah. you know, it's not not nothing. It's a nice little it's change, a couple yeah. hundred bucks. Exactly. There you, go. you know, you go out to dinner, nice dinner. I'll, I'll take it. A 100%. nice dinner. Yeah. You could listen to the Biddleman Show on your way back from your. Nice dinner in the Hamptons. Hampton Sunday, 730. On Sunday nights. There you go. Which, by the way, I, I let's do is very good. You got to tune in. You got to tune in. Thank you, sir. All right, so let's talk about. Um, I, I don't know that I want to go back to um I don't know that I want to go back to Roseanne, but this whole Roseanne thing gave me the perfect drop of our friend Alex Jones, which I had Mike pull tonight. Uh, I should have had you pull the whole clip because it's hilarious. Uh, but it's really hilarious to watch. It's it's he's an idiot. Uh, just just play this clip I, for I me. The, I got the whole thing. Oh, you got the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. let's play the whole thing. Right. And there's drops in here, which Mike, I want you to hold on to these drops forever. I got you. <laughs> okay, this is a real drop. Yeah, play it for me. Chimpanzees, chip. Oh, apes, orangutans, and you can see the comparisons. They teach that in sociology, psychology, anthropology. It's well known. So if you compare some black lady. To looking simian, well, there's a reason, because we are primates. That's why there's so many comparisons to humans and monkeys and to apes, because some people look more like it than others. There are some white people that look more like apes than other white people. There are some black people that look more ape-like than other black people. I look ape-like with my shirt off, you know, in my birthday suit. I look like a gorilla. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I don't have to work out. I got big chest, big arms, big legs. I'm bow-legged. <laughs> my feet are flat. My dad is somewhat simian-looking, too. It's just the way it is. And I'm proud of it. But 
I mean, this whole thing is just absolutely ridiculous. I'm hairy like an ape, too. By the way, I'm proud of it. Women don't seem to mind. They seem to like it. So, I would say that I look more simian than most black people. But this... All right, let's cut it there for a minute. Okay, first of all, if you, me, you got the, the, the pictures he's putting on. Yeah, his it's, clip, hilarious. it's hilarious. It's hilarious. Uh, first of all, let me just start with the obvious racism he's missing. Uh, for three, for five hundred years in this country, African Americans have been compared to apes as a form of denigration. That's the problem with what Roseanne said. Now, the fact that Alex Jones looks like an ape is irrelevant now i i didn't say he looked like an ape he said he looked like an ape so every time i talk about alex jones now if mike gets the nerve or he could just plop in a i look ape like <laughs> you know simian like uh, this is the point america yes i know we are defended descended from apes Me too. all right you albany guys looking into the window here uh, I know that the, I know that we are descended from apes, America, but it is still racist to say an African American woman looks like an ape. I don't care how hairy Alex Jones's chest is, and that women like it. I, I, by the way, somebody saw my hairy chest the other night on Fox and tweeted at me saying, "Hey, man, you know, maybe a little manscaping down there." And I'm like, "Hey, I am a man. I have a hair on my chest. I don't think I look like an ape." I don't think I look simian like my my dad is simian like. Can you believe it? And then there's pictures of this guy like <laughs> he puts pictures of Bush with a with the chimp with like make, yes. make like an old face like a. Oh, it, it is nonsense. Okay, you don't defend what Roseanne said. Roseanne made an overtly racist statement. She made an overtly racist statement, and she was punished for it. There is no defending it. Saying you look like an ape doesn't help you. Okay? It's bad, 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 bad. 631-451-1039. I'm live. A little bit more time left with you tonight. Uh, I will be on the Fox News channel this Sunday night at uh, probably around 920, 925. Could move up, could move down. Who knows? So, you know. Set your DVR and then just skip till you get to me or watch the show. Um, that's Justice with Judge Dean on uh, on Saturday night. And on Monday, I'll be on with Tucker Carlson sometime in the 8 o'clock hour. I don't know what time. I will tell you that my last hit on Tucker was last Friday. And I was the first or second guest of the hour. And we were talking about uh, rising gas prices. And Tucker was conflating... Some Democrats call for a modest increase in the gas tax, which hasn't been raised since the 70s, to rising oil prices. And I was trying to explain to him the difference between commodities and taxes and saying, well, you know, right now we're giving all this money to, I don't know, Saudi Arabia or somebody else where if, you know, a small four cent gas tax to go build bridges and fix roads and anybody who lives in the Northeast and has been driving in the last couple of weeks knows how bad the roads are here. It's very different than just throwing your money away on commodity prices that are rising because of the president's own policies, America. The president's policies towards Iran. The president's policies towards Europe are increasing our 
commodity prices. No doubt. And that's why we have higher gas prices now than we did when Obama left office, and they're significantly higher. And for all those people who got their small tax, you know, uh, their small tax break under the president's tax bill, you've given like 25 times that back at the pump this year alone. So congratulations. That's what you get with this guy. Oil prices were under control with Obama. They are out of control with, with uh, Trump. And they're his own fault. It's his own policies that are doing this. So I had this debate with Tucker and it went viral. And uh, a progressive newsletter picked it up and said that uh, I had embarrassed Tucker. Um, but I will say this in Tucker's defense. They wanted me to come back on today, which is only a couple days later. I couldn't do it. They wanted me to come on Friday. I couldn't do it Friday. I will be going back on on Monday. They did ask me back. Good on them for that. And it was a it was a good debate. And I was right, as I always am when I'm on those shows. Uh, and uh, I won the debate, and I'm back. And I also uh, am going back on Judge Janine. They wanted me back last weekend. I wasn't going on because of the holiday. The last time I was on that show, it went viral because I asked uh, Janine Pirro if I should send her a copy of Schoolhouse Rock to explain how Congress works. Because as I have said on this show time and time again, when you are in Congress, you don't just get the call on uh, the FBI to, um, to release something. When you're in Congress, you vote. And when you vote and you get the majority of Congress to say something should be declassified, it's then declassified. You don't just say, get to say, I'm Mark Meadows, I want this document. No, no, no. That's not how Congress works. And the president, of course, he could declassify anything he wants because he's the president. So that's why that comment came around. And that's why uh, I got that thing, went viral. A couple of liberal newsletters say, you know, and, and not liberal news, a mediaite, which is, uh, I don't know, it's a service that watches a lot of TV because they comment on Fox and CNN and MSNBC and PBS, whatever it is. Went viral, a lot of fun, get a lot of tweets out of it, good stuff. They don't care. They asked me to come back the next week. So uh, good on them. So for those of you, you know, and I know a lot of people who listen to me might have a problem with Fox. And I, again, don't agree with Fox on a lot of things. Fox has never told me what to say. And they have never said, don't come back because you said something uh or don't come back because you won a debate and i've won many debates on fox over the years so uh most of the i i think i win them all you be the judge watch me saturday night you tell me 631-451-1039 is my number 631-451-1039 if you want to be part of the national conversation tonight let me just go to these this trade war the president is intent on being part of i mean it is i mean this is not going to help you, America. The president has put tariffs on Europe, Canada, and Mexico on steel. Right at the time where we need these countries to be with us on some of the foreign policy blunders this president's stepping into, whether it be Iran or uh, you know his policy even in North Korea, which I have said is not a blunder yet. But you're going to need the international community with you. You can't just do this unilaterally. He's entering into this trade war. What's going to happen? 
Well, prices are going to rise, America. Right as we go into the midterm elections, prices are going to rise because of a decision this man made. But are they still going to be with him? Are these blind supporters of Trump who are going to lose jobs, who are going to lose money, who are going to pay more for things they need, are they still going to be with him? Wilbur Ross said today, oh, these tariffs, even if they're bad, it'll only be a 1% net loss to GDP. How much GDP growth do you think we're having? I get it. We've had a good run here. But 1%? That's uh, at least a third of GDP growth. Obama was getting 2%, 2.5%. Trump has been getting about 3%. Okay, so now he's going to go back to 2%. Does that make him worse than Obama on, on, on the economy? Is he going to admit that? Of course, he won't admit that. He'll somehow blame Obama for this. I, I don't know how he'll get away with that, but he'll try. This is the thing. I don't even know if it matters. I don't even know if it matters. We have a president. We have a president who can say anything, can go off half cocked, like he's doing with these, you know, with these pardons, like he's doing with his trade war. Make these huge blunders that are going to cost his supporters more than anything. I mean, every American's going to feel something because of this trade war he's entered into. And there's no consequences. I mean, I mean, Janet touched on it a little bit in the last half hour when she said the president undid sanctions on a Chinese telecom company and then his daughter got very valuable trademarks in China. Couple days later, I mean, quid pro quo? Is that a foreign entanglement? Could you imagine if Hillary is president, she did something to favor this Chinese telecom company and then three days later, Chelsea Clinton gets a Chinese trademark? Could you imagine the outrage on the right in Congress, there would be congressional hearings. There should be congressional hearings on this right now. Congress should be, should be saying, what happened here? We need a hearing. This is why you have to hold your members of Congress accountable. You have to absolutely 100% ask the people running for Congress, are you going to investigate these sweetheart deals? By the way, the guys that are there now in the majority, they're not. They're not investigating this stuff. They're just like, eh, we got our tax cuts. We're getting our judges. We're cool. We're good. I mean, the Republican Party used to be about free trade. That used to be their thing. It used to be actually the thing I agreed with them about. I have always been a free trade progressive my entire life. I think that countries that trade together don't go to war together. Don't go to war against each other. So trade is a good thing. The more, the better. The freer, the better. Let the markets decide. But where is that 
where's that idealism that used to bind this party together? I mean, John Boehner said it best earlier tonight, sitting there with a Bloody Mary in his hand doing an interview, could care less, says, there is no Republican Party right now. There's only the Trump Party. I mean, that's true. At least nationally, I'm sure locally there might be some some differences. But at the national level, it's the Trump Party and everybody else. And there are some Republicans who have left the Trump Party, but they're also leaving Congress. Flake and Gowdy and a few others. They're leaving Congress and they're being critical of Trump at the same time. Meanwhile, the president is tweeting lies every day, so much so that you can't even really call him out for it anymore because people are numb to it. I'm getting numb to it. I mean, I, I, I don't know how much more I can say about it. I mean, it's every other day. It's a lie upon lie upon lie upon lie upon lie. But it doesn't seem to matter. It doesn't seem to matter to too many Americans. It is just a nonstop, absolute shame that the American people just seem to be okay with it. Yeah, he lies. I mean, you ask people in polls, do you think the president is truthful? And they say no. And it is not a partisan no. It is even people who support him and like him say he's a liar. Even people who like and support him call him a liar on a daily basis. This is our president. I mean, where does it end? How does it stop? Who's going to hold him accountable? I, and, and by the way, America, I'm not so sure he's not going to get reelected in two years. I think he probably will get reelected in two years. Especially if the Democratic Congress that is almost sure to get elected in November overreaches and tries to impeach him. I mean, you've got to do a lot to undo a presidential election. Now, look, there could be a rock-solid case for impeachment. I don't know, though. Not rock-solid. Impeachment's a big deal. And, and, you know, the Republicans in the Senate aren't going to vote to throw them out. You need 50% in the House, and you need 63 votes in the Senate. I ain't 66 votes in the Senate. That ain't happening. Anyway. We got a lot to talk about, America. But I got to remind you right now to seek the truth. God, seek the truth. Question everything, question everyone, even me, but especially this president. Seek the truth, America. I know it's out there and I know you'll find it. And I'll be back here again next week to tell you the truth as I see it. I'm Chris Hahn. 
Thanks for listening, Wish America. We days away, spend our weekends in bed. We drink ourselves stupid and work ourselves dead and all just because that's what mum and dad said we should do. We should run through the forests, we should swim in the streets.